And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the <laughs> local sports leader. Yeah, so if you wanna if you wanna take shots at Jared Carlin, uh, I will allow you to just spend the next hour doing that because I have to hear that rejoin every single day, donor. Oh yes, I, I heard him today mention he wouldn't introduce you. Did you hear that this morning? No, I didn't hear that. He was going through the intros. They said, "What would you say if you had to introduce Luke?" I wouldn't. Well, he would probably just forget it, like most of the updates he did this week. Did you hear any oh, of those the updates this week? A couple of them. I was crying laughing. I'm not saying I would be good at reading those, but... Um, Do you want to try one at no, 1.30? No, no. <laughs> that would be There's, great. There is zero chance. I will, I'm will. i starting to sweat just by you mentioning it. Like, I'm sweating now. We should have had you pre-record a perfect one before and then just played it like it was live at 1.30. We would need, like, a month of, like, me trying to get it perfect. Like, you'd have to plan that out for a month before... I, Holy cow, yeah. As you could hear over the last, I think Vince stepped in and did the updates today just yes. to save his own ears. <laughs> but as you could hear the last two days, our standards for our updates, I think you'd be fine. It's somewhere short of perfect, at least uh, this week with Jared. The best one was, I think it was two days ago. The update started with, here's an update I forgot I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that fills me with confidence. Exactly. Um, all right, back to uh, to Kevin Durant. And this is, this is a topic that I I think you'd be good to weigh in on donor because KD has, I think taken more criticism than most players who have accomplished what he has accomplished. And, and I do think some of it, he kind of opens the door on Twitter because he'll engage with people that I was talking to Steve Zinsmeister when he was in here before. If you look at KD, if he posts something on Twitter, if you just click on the comments back, all the, no matter what he posts, he'll post like, Hey, Look at this kid that's doing a great job in junior high basketball in Houston or something. Like, this is how the game's played. You know, way to go, man. Or, like, he's working on some charity or something. The responses are always, why don't you win a real ring? That's what the responses (laughs) always are. So he's heard the criticism, but... I think it hits differently when he hears criticism from guys like Charles Barkley, who was critical and has been in the past. There's a lot of the guys that have, you know, that have since retired that are just critical of this generation of players. Uh-huh. Here's Charles Barkley on first take this week. If you go back and look at LeBron, who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq to get these old heads off my back. I I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. Mm. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant going to have to before. Hey, hey, he's all-time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. The other thing is, if you're on first take, you have to yell the whole time. So, so Barkley's fine with it, but you would have to. Don't if you ever go on first take, you have to yell. I gotta the whole yell. Time. I gotta pick up my energy and my and yell. Okay, just, just yell at people, at people, yeah. and blame people. Even as you're walking to the set, just yell at people. Okay, uh, but what do you think of that, though? I mean, for me. If I look at LeBron's career, that win in Cleveland to me is like, yeah, that was his defining moment. But he was still a champion before then. He was still a great player. He had he had two rings with Miami before that. No, yeah, and and yeah, 
I th- I love Charles. I think Charles is one of the Charles is one of the, the best, the, the best. Yeah. Of, like, and he says what people are really thinking all the time. And so there's an element, without a doubt, that that's true. Yeah. And yet, I mean, <laughs> it's that it's that if you're chasing if you're chasing acceptance from that group of men that he was talking about, the old heads. I mean, those guys. Yeah, you're going to have to do it that way. And yet, if you just understand that you're probably never going to convince people that everybody that you're, you know, as good as you are. And, and I mean, what does KD need to do now? Like, realistically, he doesn't need to do anything. He could retire and be can still considered one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Anything he does from now on is gravy. And uh, and I understand what they're saying. And it... it you know, he mentioned the guys. He obviously mentioned Colby and he mentioned LeBron and the things that they said. And you, you understand what it is. There's there's no question there's truth to that. But if you're going to spend your life chasing everyone's acceptance, yeah. good luck because it's not coming. That's uh, And that brings up a fair question of like what what could he really do? Like if, if, they, if he wins two more titles in his career... People are still going to be like, yeah, okay, but he's not, he's not Jordan, you know. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, and they'll be like, well, he's won two now. Like he has, really, he has two because the other ones belong to, you know, to whoever Steph and, and Golden State. So he has two. By the way, he was Finals MVP. I this. know, I know. <laughs> it's not like it he wasn't was on even, the bench. Like it, it wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't being overshadowed in either of those. No. And, they were hard-fought wins, and without him, they probably don't win. They probably don't win at least one of those yeah. without him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I, I think some of it with him too might be, you know, he's he's not in the hey, is this guy a really good basketball player? He's not on that level anymore. It's like we're talking about him with the all-time greats. Yeah. Yeah. So then you start to get, especially former players, being like, this, okay, this guy's not Jordan. He's not. He's not LeBron. You know. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy on how, no matter what. The people that you watched play from about 10 to about 20 in that decade of your life, those are the greatest players of all time. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> like, if I'm, if you talk to me, it's like Wayne Gretzky, you know, Paul Coffey, Mario Lemieux. Those are the greatest players. I think McDavid's amazing. I think all those guys are McDavid's great. McDavid's getting there. Yeah, McDavid's, he's approaching. But Sidney Crosby's amazing. All those guys are amazing. But my heroes and the guys that I look to that if I'm like, well, that's when the NHL was the best, when it was like Mario and, and Messier and Wayne and, and Paul Coffey and, and though, and it's the same in every single person's life. Like yeah. if you, you and I are talking, it's going to be the guys that had the biggest in when you were 13, 14, 15, where you're like all in sports matters. It's your life. It's what it you, is everything. It is yeah. everything. And those are the best players. And not saying that the players now aren't incredible. It's just that's the way we are. It's human nature. I, I just I laugh when people have the like LeBron versus Jordan debate because because you're right. You see a lot of that where it's like the kind of the older generations like no, it's definitely Jordan. I'm never and and you kind of get the sense of like nobody could ever come along that's going to push you <laughs> off Jordan. But then like I look at the people they're like no, it's definitely LeBron. And I'm like so like if Victor Wembanyama comes in here and and he is as good as they and like let's he's not good I don't think be as good as LeBron but let's say he is 20 years from now they're going to be like no nah, it's no way it's Wembanyama it's definitely LeBron, LeBron. and they're going to be dealing with the next generation doing that it is we are so it, it's we're we're whatever it is it when they say like bias to the right now present bias yeah. or current bias recency bias recency bias thank yeah. you it took me a while to get there <laughs> um but at the same time 
your nostalgia. Like everyone's better as you get older. Yeah. Like oh, Jordan was so good, and he was so good. Then maybe that's a bad. <laughs> he might be a bad maybe example. Don't use actually. Michael Jordan as but you, you'd say like you know. Dominique Wilkinson was so good. I'm like, there's probably guys in the NBA right now that were as equally as good as Dominique Wilkinson. But we just, as we get further and further away, we tend to think those past guys were better and better and better. Yeah. It's crazy on how that works. Uh, this is Jay Williams. We had him on the show on Tuesday talking about the uh, the legacy debate with, with a player like Kevin Durant. Yeah, at a certain point, I can't give a damn what Charles Barkley or anybody else has to say <laughs> to validate my greatness. Because uh, I can only do what, what I've been doing, man. I, I, I And at the end of the day, you get to stack up what my accolades are. And if you don't think my talent proves that I'm one of the greatest players ever played a game of basketball, Yes. Then so be it. Good luck with the rest of your life. That's similar to what you just said. Yes, that's it. That's all <laughs> we need to say about it. He's great. Wolf was just, you could hear Wolf in the background yelling. So that's a former NFL player, former NHL player, former NBA player, all saying a, a similar version of the same thing of like, you, you can only, you're not going to make everybody happy. You cannot chase that because it is exhausting and you are always... You're always going to be disappointed. Like if Katie's worried about that, which I hope and pray he's not, and I I'm assuming don't think I, he is. His personality doesn't look like it doesn't he is. look like it's it, like no. yeah, I don't really care. Which is makes him even more likable in my opinion. But you see the guys that are chasing it and fighting for it, and it's like man, you're never going to please everyone. Yeah. Just accept it. There's going to be people that hate you for whatever reason it is. They'll find their own reason, and it's. It is what it is, and so you just, not hate you, but like don't agree that you're as good as you you are, and you just deal with it. I would like to see what what they say about his legacy if uh, if he wins a title with the Suns, but that's really just because I want to see the Suns win a title. Oh, how cool would that, that would be? be? Pretty cool. I tell you what, we what everybody would say about his legacy here if he wins a title with the Suns. He he won't have to do any more than that. No. Uh, NASCAR is returning to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to a lot of unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com and have a chance to win tickets. When we come back, would you rather the Cardinals trade out of that third overall pick or just draft Will Anderson? He's putting together a pretty good combine right now. It's Wolf and Luke, Shane Doan in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. More Canadian music. I'm not even sure who that is. Simple Plan. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have got that one. I don't think I knew that Simple Plan was Canadian. Which you would think they would have performed it like the NHL All-Star game at some point, and I would have known. But I guess I guess not. Just yeah. fall out, boy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, here, I'm not going to like ask you to go into the details on this, but Elliot Friedman just tweeted this out, and it's a Coyotes trade. Um, Troy Stetcher and Nick Ritchie getting dealt. Nick Ritchie getting dealt for his own brother in the trade. <laughs> <laughs> so just just that actual dynamic has got to be that's got to be a strange phone call from brother to brother right there yeah i no kidding because it, it there probably was an element of hey we traded you to calgary and there isn't hey i think i got you might even for a second they would have told them right away but for a second it was in your eye in your mind that hey I'm going to play with my brother yeah 
Uh, obviously, that's a unique situation, and uh, it is what it is. Um, you just swap and, houses in that case? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I do think that's what you do. And then Stetch is, oh, I love Troy Stetcher, so that's a tough one. He's a guy that, as you were saying, Bear brought him up in last week. He's a guy that's so big in the room, but um, it's a good pickup by Calgary. Obviously, if we get Richie's brother, he, I've met him. He's a good man. He's uh, Richie's, Richie's just one of those guys he enjoyed being around, so... That's the hard part of the trade deadline is the, there's people that, you know, you don't really ever see again. Like, I've joked about it, and, and not joked, but it's, they're out of your life forever. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. I mean, they're like, in a different country now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gone. And uh, uh, like a guy like Jack McBain, who's a young guy, played with Richie, likes Richie, gets along really well with Richie, might never, ever speak to Richie again. Like, for all intents and purposes, he'll spend his time. It's, it's, that's the way the game goes. You said Jack McBain, and I thought for a second I'd missed a trade. They're not trading Jack McBain. (laughs) (laughs) I like McBain, and I'm I'm assuming that uh, you guys do over there as well with the way he plays. He's a a big man that can move well, yeah. Let me ask you this before we get to football. Just the general, and this this would apply to any sport, um, just getting through the trade deadline. And the Coyotes made a lot of trades, as, as, as was kind of anticipated. They actually probably even made a little bit more than anticipated. But just as a player in the locker room, and we talked to Bear about this over the last couple of weeks, like just to get through it tonight, they're going to play Carolina and play against Shane Gossespierre, which is weird. <laughs> but like you at least know who your team is now. You don't have to look at everybody in the locker room and be like, is this guy going to be gone forever in two days? Yeah, and the unknown is the hardest part. Like that was the hardest part being in the room for the last week because everyone knew things were going to happen. Everyone was waiting for that kind of the, the other shoe to drop and, and for the for the call. Um and so the the unknown is worse. And once you understand, okay, I'll deal with it. I'll cross that bridge. Now I can move on. Whether it's the player himself that's getting moved, or the or the room them uh, of losing guys that they really enjoy and that they've got to be close with. And um, so it's it's good that it's over. And uh, now that we can, you know, like you said, you know the team, and you're going to have to go move on with what you have. Do we know if Jared has a brother we can trade him for? That'd be, that'd be <laughs> ideal. We just missed the deadline, though. I, I, yeah, and I'm not sure I can. I would be happy to know that there's two that's a, that's, Carlins out there this, that we're not like second. Dealing I said that. with dealing with one Carlin is might be hard enough. What if the other one like shaves and actually wears like, human clothes though? Like what <laughs> like if he's could, the exact opposite? What was it? What was the movie Twins with uh, Danny DeVito and <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger? The other maybe? one's in shape. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, Oh, we're gonna. I want to make sure we sprinkle this in every single segment so you can get some revenge yes. on, on Jarrett. Yes, we should. For sure. Next time, you, we should just have. We should either have you write up a kebab where you're just trashing just him, trash him, or collectively. Oh. And I'm sure this wouldn't be hard. We can get everybody in the newsroom to chip in and write it for you. I think that would be awesome. All right, that well, would be awesome. If, if you're in here in the summer, we're doing this. All right, I'm All right. in. I'm in for it. Perfect. If we just do a roast, that's that's what we should. That's what we okay. should. But we don't want to give him too much attention because he thrives that's on attention. True. So we should just. Maybe not say his name. Never, just say never a, once say his name. <laughs> He's him, loving this right now. Call him Ferret like Bickley does. <laughs> Which, by the way, you missed this whole conversation off the air one day. He's convinced doesn't rhyme with Jarrett. And that's how that all started. <laughs> all right. Over to the uh, the NFL Combine, which is going on on one of these TVs right now. This is uh, Ian Rappaport from yesterday echoing what Monty Austinfort has said about that number three pick. Another interesting spot, number three for the Arizona Cardinals. We, we may get quarterback bang, bang, one, two, putting the Cardinals in a perfect position. 
position. Could they take the best position player on the board? Maybe it's Will Anderson going to put on a show here behind me today. That's a possibility. New general manager Monty Ostenford also was pretty clear. He's open for business as well. They're going to be prepared to pick. Again, got a great draft spot. But could that be for sale as well? Could we get quarterback, 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 one, two, three? That is going to be fascinating to watch over the course of the next couple months. Well, they're definitely showing Jonathan Gannon on NFL Network right now, watching the Combine, too. Um, It's crazy what the Combine has become over the last probably 10 years, but even like over the last five years. Now it's like everybody has to watch. And I will say the 40-yard dash, what they're doing right now, Deontay Banks out of Maryland is about to do it. That is pretty entertaining. That's like watching track and field in the Olympics. I think that they should line them up instead of... And and I understand that's the it's they want they want to get everyone's time. I think they should line up like fifteen across, yeah, and race and race all at the same time because uh, Deion Sanders used to always joke that he had next guy speed and he would just be faster than the guy next to him. Yeah, and I think you want to see who has next guy speed. If there's a guy that's out there that's like, oh, uh, I you know you know how fast you have to be. Maybe the clocks are a little slow. I don't know if that's a thing, but maybe they are. <laughs> that uh, maybe it is a thing. That's actually a. Really good idea. Like if they if they should treat the combine if they're gonna make it this big, just treat it like the Olympics and yeah. have okay. Here's all the defensive backs are gonna run it. It may take three heats or whatever, but like yeah, yeah. you'd stretch them all the way across. You'd have everyone timed. It's not like you wouldn't be able to time everyone. Here goes another guy. Look at him go. Yeah, where it gets like concerning. Oh, Do you see that? Yeah, no. <laughs> Four three. Four three one. He almost got into the four twos. Oh, that would that have been was, impressive. Yeah, Jacorian Bennett. Also, apparently everybody's from Maryland at this year's. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, the, the crazy one is like Jordan Davis last year. Like the guys are like three hundred forty pounds. Yeah, and they just rip off like a four eight. And you're like, wait a minute, that guy weighs twice as much as me, and he's still faster than me. How does that make sense? How fast do I have to like? I would be. I think I'd be considerably faster though if he's chasing me. Like there's an element that that if one of those guys are chasing you, I have another level of pure fear. That's fair. All right. So so you that that's the new way to do it. Instead of lining them all up next to each other, <laughs> line them all up ten yards ahead of each other. All right. Who is everyone afraid of? We're going to be chasing that guy. Put that the defensive lineman at the back, right? Because they're always the scariest. Yeah. Uh, make it game like. Yeah. This said exactly. If you're going to make it this big make it you know make it a competition here's yeah. uh monty Austinfort at the combine on tuesday uh what ian rapaport just said here it is from the cardinals general manager himself you know it's a, it's a position that i hope that we're not in uh too many more years you know it's a, it's it's one of those that it uh it presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number three and so we'll be prepared to, to pick a player at number three you know and we'll also uh our our phones will be open and and i'm open to hearing every, any conversation about anybody that's willing to willing to come up and so you know i think with that number three pick it's a it's an opportunity to add a player it's an opportunity to potentially get some calls on that pick um you know and ultimately we're, we'll, we'll make the best decision for us at the time but it, you know unfortunately when we when we lose that that those games that it presents that number three pick and one we don't want to be in again but we'll deal with it and it presents a good opportunity for us you know, Brian Branch of Alabama just did what I would do in the 40. He ran about four feet and then just went back and started yeah. over. Pulled something. <laughs> which, don't which, pull a hammy. Which I didn't know was uh, was legal. Um, <laughs> he just said it right there, donor Monty Austin Ford, that you, you don't anticipate picking top five 
you hope, anymore. When you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, you're hoping you're at least in playoff contention every year. Um, so that's what makes it tough because you you would think he probably wants to trade the pick given his background, given the fact that the Cardinals don't need one player and they're a Super Bowl team. Uh, but at the same time, you're not going to be in this position most years, ideally, where you can take a potential, like Will Anderson, if he's there at three, might be the best player in the draft. He's just going to go third because he's not a quarterback. And that's, hey, coaches can have a huge impact on your team and have a huge impact on your players and make them considerably better if they're well coached and they have just the the structure and everything that goes around being a coach. They can take a good player and make them, you know, considerably better. You can't coach elite like you just can't like the guys either are elite or they're not yeah you can make them a better player in the fact that they have the they learn the game from you and you can teach them a little bit but if you look at you know isaiah simmons and some of those guys they're elite like you you just don't find people that are capable of doing the things that he's capable of doing now you only get those guys at the top of the draft like that's that's the only way you get them and there's there's scouting's too good Managements are too good. They don't miss on that talent. So if you want that talent, then you have to go out and get it in the draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sort of torn on this one because I, I acknowledge the smart thing to do is probably to trade the pick if you get a crazy offer from some quarterback desperate team, but I just want Will Anderson on this team. And I'll, oh, I'll trade yeah. my second pick for a bunch of picks or whatever. I'll trade. Uh, there's other picks I can trade that aren't the number three overall pick. Um, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, does a team's best player have to be their biggest leader? We got the right guy in here to, to ask that of next. Shane Doan is in for Wolf. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The faster we're falling, we're stopping, stalling, we're running. I figured this one was coming at some point. Yeah, yeah. Just as things were looking up, you said it wasn't good enough. How long of a show could we do before we would run out of Canadian bands? Never. (laughs) Just go on forever. Just go on. Just, just a podcast. Yeah. Every just, two minutes. Every two minutes, rotate. We just play. We just do music. <laughs> just next time Don comes in, we're just going to have you uh, just DJ Canadian music for the last half hour of the show. We we play a game called the Confident Cricket as a family, and it's so fun. So it's each person gets to pick a song, but you only get a minute and a half of it. And then it's usually when you're traveling or whatever, but when you pick the song, everyone has to vote on who wins the round. If there's the, the four of us sitting here, and whatever, or, sorry, five of us sitting here, whoever's uh, whoever picks the best song, and it's it's any song, any genre, and you get you get a minute and a half, and it's crazy on how much fun it is and how much you read the personality of people when the, when you can see the music they like it's it's fun so wait so you so if we were playing you would just pick a song you want to hear or yeah, you just want to hear you but don't have to sing it no 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 you play okay. you, we play it on the on like your on your phone you can get literally every song in the world off your phone now yeah and it's so much fun and you you'll end up sitting around doing it for and if you do you know 15 20 rounds as you're driving along who the winners are oh it's a great it'll it's get great. you all the way to alberta it'll, it'll get you almost to alberta yep 30 hours <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> um i only remember what i was going to ask you now after that that's uh 
the the leadership conversation. This is where I wanted to go. We saved this specifically for you, donor, because oh, yeah. uh, Monty Williams. I want to play this <laughs> cut first. This is Monty Williams. You know, asked about Kevin Durant after the game on Wednesday. I don't think that's his deal. You know what I'm saying? I, I think too many players in the NBA get too much pressure to lead. You know, I, I just don't think it's necessary. You know, it's my job to lead, and players do it in spots, but that's the one thing I told him. I said, look, I'm not looking for you to lead. We just want you to be yourself and hoop, and I think that's where he's the most free um, to be himself. We we know we have Chris book leads in his own way. Um, Chris has been a great leader his whole life. Um, We just want Kevin to be himself, and I think he can show nuances of leadership, and I think he does that with the way he works. It's been interesting to hear the comments from uh, different players and different people in the gym when they see him go through his workout. It's it's unlike anything you've ever seen before, and I think that's had a huge impact on everybody in the building. So I think that's a form of leadership. All right. I don't even want to interrupt. I just want to get your initial reaction to hearing that, whether you want to take it down the Kevin Durant path or just in general. I, I agree with Money 100% in the fact that your leaders and your best players need to be themselves. They need to be comfortable and just who they are. And people tend to follow people that are authentic. Like, And people seem to call out the people that are pretending all the time. And if you're just authentic, I don't care what your bend is, if uh, you're... Whatever you want to be, if you're loud, if you're boisterous, if you're quiet, if you're solemn, if you're, you know, funny, whatever it is, you just have to be authentic. And when you're authentic and you care about others, you're going to lead and it doesn't matter. And you look at a guy like CP3, who's been the leader of their union. He's a big, he has a big personality. He's comfortable in front of the room. Obviously, he's got some natural leader abilities that are incredible. But there's other guys, and KD seems like a guy, and again, it's just from the outside looking in, that is just, he's comfortable in his own skin, and that's going to have huge impact on the players around him. Obviously, his skill level's incredible, and what he does is is going to garner a lot of their respect, but as he is authentic and shows respect to them, they'll fall and they'll follow him anywhere. And he doesn't have to be a leader, it just... Just be respectful to the other people, and you'll get respect back, and that's what leadership's about, in my opinion. I, I figure you have a pretty good resume with the whole leadership being a captain of an NHL team for a long time. Yeah, well, the, they hand you that, and then you got to de- figure out what to do with it. <laughs> here, put the C on your, your sweater and figure it out from here. Yeah. Uh, and didn't Keith Kachuk hand it to you? Is yeah. It, yeah? Okay, well, so. no, no, Teppo Newmanen. Uh, well, Teppo knows some things yeah. about leading, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with Durant, we've played clips over the last two weeks of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton specifically. You know, Booker was was like, you know, you just you sense greatness in this building now. Talking about the practice facility before KD was even playing, uh, DA was like, it, we've got a couple different clips of DA being like, man, you you, you see this guy and you're like, I, I know I have to bring it every day because he's going to bring it every day. So, I mean, there's different kinds of leadership too, right? Whether he wants to lead or not, just based on what he has accomplished, and like you said, the fact that he's just kind of being genuine for who he is, I feel like guys are going to look at him and be like, if I can do that and it's going to make me closer to playing like Kevin Durant, I'm going to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I think, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you don't, 
people people want to figure out what the secret is. There isn't a secret for what makes him great. He's exceptional at, at at what he does. Like, and it's only the only way he got there is by just doing it over and over and over again. I've heard someone say that if you want to be you know special, you have to become exceptional at the ordinary. Do the ordinary incredibly well. He hits a mid range jumper better than anybody. And it's not like he, he can beat you off the dribble. He can, you know, shoot the three, but he can also just, it's incredible how consistent he is with the simple aspects of the game that are so important. And I think that's, that's one of those things that it, it, when you watch it and when you're around it and when you see it happening on a daily basis, like you would in practice, it's gotta just, it's gotta drive you to that next level. I, even just watching it, you know, he, you bring up that mid-range jumper that he hits as basically a seven-footer, and it almost you see a seven-footer take that shot. If if you don't realize it's Kevin Durant, you're like, okay, well that's gonna it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna hit yeah. the rim. It's gonna fall. It's just gonna die on the floor somewhere. And then you see Durant, and he doesn't even hit the net. Like, no. goes, and, it, and he just does it every time. And it's like anytime you leave him open, he's gonna hit that shot more often than not. And then you think. He's so tall that he's always open. <laughs> who are you, you going to put on him out yeah. there? And that's, and, and, hey, it's, and I mean, that's when you go back to the leadership side of it. If he's, if he's scoring 35 and winning a game, there's no way he doesn't have the ability to walk into the room and be like, hey, we got to be a little better. Like yeah. the next night, things aren't going the way you want it. And he doesn't even have to say anything. You can just tell by his body language, like, okay, that's enough. Enough of this. We got to be that, that is, that's who your leaders are, and you have to have them, and you have to have guys that want to win, and you have to have guys that care. And um, I think he's not—he's not necessarily the leader of the group off the court, and he's not the guy that's going to be holding people accountable or giving the raw raw speech. But he's a guy everyone's looking to. Like he is. What about the idea too that you have? You have Chris Paul, who's like one type of leader, mm-hmm. and then you have Kevin Durant, who maybe isn't, you know if you're going to measure it that exact level, but he's a different kind of leader. Like to have a team, especially a basketball team, it's not that big to have two different types of leaders too. Like you're kind of, you're almost, I would think you're getting leadership. That's going to appeal to different guys on the team differently. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and you have the, like, the nice thing for Monty is that when he leaves the room, it's not like the leaders left the room now. Like, yeah. do you know, like, and like I know the kids that, when the teacher yeah, leaves. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden it's still like, well, we got to be accountable to, we're still accountable to each other. And you look over in the corner and you see whoever they have right now. It's just the embarrassment of wealth with those three guys that are like, okay, I know how, how incredibly competitive Booker is, you know, CP3 and how incredibly competitive he is. And KD is an all-time great that is legendary talked about how he, his will to try to find a way to win championships. There's no way that you're going to cut corners. And yeah. that's when you start to get excited because it's it's going to be fun to see. Especially if you're one of those other guys because it, it's now very easy to be like, hey, if you cut corners, you just won't play. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have somebody else step in for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, final segment of the show. Look, so a lot of times, you know, somebody will come on as a guest and they'll be like, okay, you know, but I want you to plug my book or my podcast or something. You get Shane Doan on the show, he wants to talk baseball. (laughs) So when we come back, we're going to talk some baseball with Shane Doan. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Never made it as a wise man. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports.
Sports leader. Excitement out of sense of feeling, and this is how you remind me. This is how. Oh, look at that. We saved Nickelback for the last Yes. <laughs> Everyone hates Nickelback, and I can't figure out why. I love Nickelback. Nickelback right there. I just got drowned out by Chad Kroger. He's from like, and there's no one lives close to me. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. And he's from like 45 minutes north of our place. And it's a tiny, tiny town of Hannah, Alberta. Him and his brother. I feel like that's a story that only happens in Canada and never in the U.S. Where every Canadian has a story of like, my town is only four people. And the other three are all extremely famous. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> no, the, like the, the town of Hannah is a thousand people, maybe. I've been covering hockey for a long time and I've never heard of Hannah. No, you know what? Um, someone's from Hannah. Jim Neal. Jim Neal's from Hannah. Really? The general manager of the Dallas Stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See? Everybody. Everybody in Canada is famous is what I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to find out. Or they at least all know Nickelback somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all do know him. Um, Them. <laughs> this, uh, we're going to talk baseball. Yes! I was, I was looking at this this uh, report on ArizonaSports.com, and I'm just going to direct people there because there's a report that says Big 12 recently contacted ASU and U of A amid Pac-12 uncertainty. But I haven't whoa, got to read whoa, it yet. Whoa, that's that's actually huge. Yeah, it is huge because it came up during the uh, the show, and um, there may not be a Pac-12 here in a couple of years, which is really a downer for somebody like myself who runs the Pac-12 Fantasy Football League. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be on like four teams. So I need ASU to jump to the Big 12 so that league can continue. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, I, I said it going to the break. It's baseball season starting up. Yes. We're out there the first couple of days. I know, I know, I don't know many people that want to talk baseball more than NHL player Shane Doan. <laughs> so I'm just going to start with the D-backs, right? Yes. Substantial improvement win-wise last year over the year before. But the year before wasn't very good. <laughs> it's going to be tough to make that jump again this year. Um, what's your excitement level around this team this year specifically? Well, obviously what they have in the outfield is gets everybody excited. And and then having Zach Gallen at the top of the kind of order, uh, the pitching staff is, is fun. And I'm a huge Cattell Marte fan. I think he's... I want him to be back to what he's capable of doing. They have him at second now, and he might just stay there. And um, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Watch what Merrill Kelly does. Uh, Marino coming in as a, uh, on the catching and and Kelly. I love Carson Kelly. So uh, I don't know. That's good. It's going to be fun to watch. I think they got a legit team. I think that the. Obviously, their division is a little bit ridiculous. It's a little unfair at times, yeah. When, you, when the Dodgers and and now well, apparently the, pa- the Padres, Padres are just printing a money. Billion dollars this year in the off season. A billion dollars. I went it's like Doctor Evil. <laughs> it's it's Doctor Evil times a thousand. Um, no, I went to uh, to to a Padres game last summer and was blown away with how crazy that stadium is now. And, I mean, they have a winner, and they're spending a ton of money. So, like, I get it. And we all saw the, the playoff series. Remember the game against the Dodgers where it was pouring down rain? They took the Dodgers out. But, like, that is – I don't know if it's because the Chargers left and they don't have NBA or NHL, and so it's just all Padres or what. But they are all in and somehow printing money. So, yeah, you're right. The the division in itself is, is uh, ridiculous. We this, only play each other, like, 27 times <laughs> in the division. 
half so your season fair. is those two teams. That's fair. Then you have to play those two <laughs> 48 times during the year. Uh, this is Jeff Passan on with Bickley and Murata talking about the D-backs. I like this team a lot. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I'm deluded. Maybe I'm a year early. Maybe it's going to take a full Jordan Lawler season and uh, a full season from Brandon Fott and Brian Nelson and Dre Jameson getting used to what the big leagues are like mm-hmm. before they really turn into the guys that the Diamondbacks expect them to. But uh, I'll say this. I think the future is really bright and the present is not far behind it's a good spot to be in yes and it's crazy how quickly it happened yeah because i mean obviously well it's not quick but quick in baseball terms yeah though. quick in if baseball they do terms it yeah if they do it and and i i'm not i'm not I, I don't think i have too high expectations for them this year but i'm excited like and that's what you want from your fan base is just to be excited and to have hope and it's it's hope won't disappoint you. Like if you just hold on to it long enough, sometimes you have to hold on to it a long time, but uh, it won't disappoint you. <laughs> it sounds you... like a Ted Lasso quote, right? <laughs> but it's one of those things that you look at their outfield with McCarthy and Carroll and Thomas in the outfield. I think you know those are three young guys that are all capable of of reaching that next level of what you hope. You know, obviously, you probably won't get all three of them there. But if one of them does and the other one's, you know, a legit player and all of a sudden your lineup starts to look really deep and long and, and that pitching staff of those young guys coming in, having Zach at the top of that is pretty exciting and, and Kelly at the top of that too. And obviously I'm hoping Madison Baumgartner comes back to who he is. He's not, he's not that old. He's a, he's, and he's such a horse and he's a guy that he's thrown a ton of innings. So, you know, it's tough, but. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he all of a sudden has a, a bounce back year that you're like, well, I mean, he is Madison Baumgartner halfway through the year. You're like, well, I mean, obviously the last couple of years have been tough, but he is Madison yeah, Baumgartner. We're like, oh, we should have seen so this. We coming. should have seen this coming. Yeah. And if that happens, then you never know. Um, and in, I think Tory's one of the best managers in uh, in all of baseball, and I think that. The way that he connects with his players and the way he talks to them and keeps them all accountable is, reminds me of Bear. So. Uh, Baumgartner um, is interesting because anytime anybody brings up the pitch clock, and Wolf brought it up Uh-oh. 80 times earlier this uh, week when we were out there at, uh, at, at spring training. That's the first guy I think of, of like, you know, because we had, let's see, we had Dre Jameson on, and he was like, yeah, I like it. I don't care. And he's, you know, he's a pitcher, but he, yeah. he's only pitched three major league games, I think. And Ryan Nelson was, was like, yeah, you know, whatever. And, and even like, um, I think it was, I think it was Zach Allen who was like, would, would it shock you if I said I don't hate it that much? But Madison Bumgarner's been doing this at the major league level a certain way for a long time. And maybe he doesn't hate it. I don't know. I haven't talked to him. But he's the one I think of where it's like, seriously? You're going to make me change everything I'm doing <laughs> just so the game goes a little faster? Yeah. That, it's going to be fun to see, though, because there, there is a whole element of the game that is, that's exciting and that when you're watching a guy go to first or look down, you know, trying to the cat and mouse that the players and the the batters and the and the pitchers get into, but 
happening happening quickly would be nice sometimes in baseball. Yeah, and real quick, here's uh, Jeff Passan on that, that new rule change. I mean, there's a lot of new rule changes, but that's the one that's got everybody's attention right now. I think it's been awesome, honestly. As, as somebody who loves the game of baseball but didn't love the part of it where games just seem to go on interminably and for no particularly good reason, having the pitch clock in place to me has been kind of a godsend. And it, it takes a little while to get used to. Like, it's jarring when you see it for the first time. But uh, after that, you can get used to this pace really, really easily, I think. It was weird sitting there watching it on Monday and Tuesday with players on the team that weren't playing in that game. And they were like, look, it's already at three. You know, <laughs> and like it is. It's like it's frantic now. And, and my only concern, I love it. They, they, someone struck struck somebody out in like 19 seconds. Yeah. Uh, uh, three pitches, it was, 19 seconds. It was sec- a Yankee struck yeah. a pirate. Yeah. I was laughing. Was and it was like Peralta. 19 seconds they were out. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's a quick walk up to the plate. Now come sit back Ready down. Get your money's worth. Yeah. But my only concern is that there, I think that if you get deep into a game and you're at 108 pitches and you're throwing for a complete game shutout and you're having to work, like this is, it's not like at the 110, 120 pitches. There is a reason why those guys did all of that to get their strength up and, and build their stamina. I would like there to be a little bit of like, okay. We got a no hitter going, and the guy's at 101 pitches. He's we're going to give him 25 seconds instead of 15. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that makes me nervous. That is an interesting thought. Uh, could we have Josh Rojas on? He was like, maybe they might need to make it a little bit longer. Like he liked the idea, but just maybe a little bit different timing. But I hadn't even thought. Like I don't know that we're ever going to see another no hitter. All right, before we wrap up the show, you have to play our new game on the yes. show. Okay. So it's, oh, wait, I don't want to say yes before I know what's the no, new game. That's fine. It's Aaron, very, it's very, Aaron. It's very simple, but she's got she's got a sounder in there. It's very simple. For the game tonight, and we're going to make you play for Sunday, too. You just have to pick who's going to score more points, Kevin or Devin. Okay, so here's here we go. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. That's how new the production is. I still talk over it. (laughs) Um, So we already made our picks. I'll I'll give you mine, though, again for uh, for the game tonight. And and it doesn't even matter if these guys aren't the leading scorer, if DA's the leading scorer, whatever. You just have to pick between Kevin and Devin. Okay, so for tonight against Chicago... I'm taking Devin. I'm go. I was going. You can. Uh, we can have the same. Okay, I'm going with Devin too. Okay. All right. Any logic behind that, or just it's Devin Booker? Because yeah, he's at home. He has so much energy because he's as excited as anybody in the building that Kevin Durant is playing on his team. I think he goes off. And then Dallas, since we don't get to do the game or talk about that game before Sunday, I'm going. I'm actually going Kevin. I'm going. Devin again. Back to back Devin. I knew you were my favorite. Yes. I went Devin and Devin. Yes. Wow. All right. He so. is he's still grumpy and about the game seven and now it's like, oh, okay, you're gonna do that, you're gonna you know, rely on that. I'm gonna have an answer for you guys and it's going to just keep coming Good. all night. I hope you're right. I hope they embarrass Dallas on Sunday. All right, that's it for us. Uh, thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Thanks to Shane Doan. Thanks to Steve Zinsmeister. Uh, for both of them, I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo. Paul Calvisi is in for Gambo. Next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.